This week, three sides of the coin. Tommy Sumters is back. We got no weather girl. And Paul Stanley's Soul Station versus Peter Chris's 78 solo album. We talk about that. We ask you for your opinions. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. You got the three dudes this week. The lovely weather girl had to play mom today and can't join us. So it's just the three uglies here. So if you want to hit stop because it's not going to look good today, we won't be offended. Well, you speak for yourself. The million dollar smile is here. So at least at least advance warning, you can put away your box of Kleenex. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, that's a <laughs> for the... people that really like Mark. So it's true. What's not the love? The rounded Donis is in the house. Exactly. <laughs> Funky but chunky. <laughs> it's it's actually a strike that reverses. Chunky, <laughs> chunky but, but funky. <laughs> By the way, is that fucking new scoop where it is commercial? I, I wish they run it on a loop. The scoop where they I fucking love that commercial. Do uh, you guys see the progressive commercial for the, the insurance? I tune out all those progressive commercials. Oh, the one with the Hold on the scoop where the, the scoop where there it is commercial. It's oh, is, is is that is that? Oh yes, that's the, the one where the mom the, the, the mom's in the kitchen and the the two <laughs> rap guys. I could fucking watch that all day long. It's funny every fucking time, man. Okay, so now we know the level of Mark's humor. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um. So that's why we get along so well. Uh, we're, 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 we're kind of flying without, without a topic. We had a guest who had to cancel at the last minute cause he had some business commitments. Um, but we, we, I think we filled this in with an interesting topic or two moving forward, but I'm going to throw a curveball out there. Tommy, Uh-oh. you got any comments to read? Shit. <laughs> I've been on the beach for two weeks. <laughs> Why would I watch anything I'm not on? Mark. That was perfect. God, you too. So, so, any, oh, you probably didn't know this, but um, you're now known as Tommy Sumters. Sumters. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I saw the intro. <laughs> Tommy Sumters. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what brought that up, but it just worked and everybody was laughing as we were doing it. So, Tommy Let's Sumters. Let's roll with it. Tommy Sumters. As, so as as per usual, Tommy Sumters doesn't have any comments to read, people. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. So before we get into a kiss topic, I'm going to throw this out there. I haven't even mentioned it to you guys yet. Oh, where did Sumters go? We lost oh. his video. I'm back. There, there we go. Sumters is having yeah. rooter problems. I'm um, I, I, I got I got something I want to 
maybe we can vent or comment on not kiss related but motley crew related oh so i didn't hear motley crew fans love motley so um yesterday we're recording this on the 19th yesterday was motley crew's 40th anniversary 40 years and they've released a whole bunch of stuff to commemorate it no big deal on that one of the things they released which i just saw today was this very cool almost like a platinum award plaque it's like i mean we don't have to talk about the fact that it's like a thousand dollars for the plaque because we're kiss fans so we're used to that that sort of stuff but is motley crew whitewashing and changing motley crew history because this is celebrating 40 years there's two albums that are not represented in this plaque oh let's let, do tell john karabi mm -hmm. great album new tattoo prop one of their probably one of the most underrated records ever and the they are, they, and, and what do they have in common they're the two albums that didn't have the original four guys in it right so are they sort of say you know are they doing revisionist history here and celebrate motley Crue's 40th anniversary but that guy john karabi he was never in the band new new tattoo that never happened yeah i mean that's basically what they're saying you know, that's what they're saying right I'm going to tell you, I, I, I've seen Motley Crue a, tons and tons of times. One of the best shows ever was with Samantha on drums. And yeah, I'm a, I went to that, that tour. I loved that, it. It was awesome. That yeah. record. Let me tell you guys, if you guys never checked that record, it's one of those records just came out when the music industry was in full flux. It was that. And I'm, I, I will go on record as saying that had Hollywood ending come out that the song you know in the 80s or whatever, that would have been the number one single that you know this the title track as well too you want yeah. to talk about that record, record is just incredible start in their in their cover of the tubes just freaking oh. insane on that which is funny because i talked to fee waybill about it and he hates it oh you told yeah. me you know I, we had a private conversation you told me about i was surprised yeah. he hates it he's like they left out a bridge they did. Like, no. I love that bridge too. It's awesome. I know. I said, but I said, maybe so, but I said, I thought it was great. And he said, oh, I didn't like it at all. Like, Grumpy old man. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, as, as much as we might bitch about kiss, they've never done any revisionist history like that, where all of a sudden they've just forgot that somebody's not a member of the band anymore. I mean, no, but they did kind of ignore the non-makeup years. Well, for, yeah, but it's, not, but it's not revisionist. But but I mean, they they still play the non-makeup stuff. I mean, it more so now that if you look yeah. at the merchandise they release, they release merch. Kisses release merchandise all eras, everywhere. Yeah, and you know when, even though there might be issues with Vinny, he hasn't been like erased physically from history. It's not like Ozzy and Sharon changing the people who recorded on an album he's still there he's still listed on creatures of the night he's still listed on look it up i mean what's motley Crue doing here i mean are they just like okay we're only celebrating the stuff that's the original four well you're celebrating 40 years of history and those two albums were a big part of your history well, well don't they own all that math 
again? What? Don't they own all their masters again? Yeah. So then it wouldn't be a record label thing. Like, you know how the Rolling Stones have, have the early years and then they have the latter years. And sometimes there's issues, you know, crossing over that way. But I believe the Motley Crue Karabi record as well as New Tattoo all came out under the same well, umbrella. But, but keep in mind, this isn't even them releasing the music. This is just a merchant, you know, a pseudo fake RIAA award. It's not even a real one. It's just a piece of merchandise. They could have easily put those two albums in there to represent right. the entire Motley Crue history. I mean, that that was, I don't know. It just seems, a, not that I'm going to buy it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really give a crap, but here I am bitching about it because it'll fire somebody up out there. But doesn't that seem a little... I was going to say seem a little odd, but then again, we've got Motley Crue, the band here, who said they signed a contract and will never play again. And then a few years later, <laughs> books a freaking tour. So, you know, in in some instances, it's like nothing shocks me with Motley Crue. I mean, they're 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 worse than Kiss with some of this stuff. I I will tell you, I those two records are in my top five Motley Crue records. Um, not that we anybody cares, but first album. Shout at the Devil, um, Saints of Los Angeles, New Tattoo, Karabi. Those are my top five Motley albums. It's not even close. I, I love the. I one of the things I loved about Heroin Diaries is when Nikki just admitted, "Girls, girls, girls." Yeah, it's got two of their greatest songs on it, and the rest, for the most part, fucking or it's unlistenable. It's terrible. Um, couple great tunes on it, and that's it. I, I Theater of Shame, as I call it, same thing. Don't that, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier too, Michael. We were talking about songs like Hollywood Ending and New Tattoo. Those songs have so much more substance and so much so much more well written than fucking Home Sweet Home. And yeah, yeah, those number that song's fucking terrible. It's like a two year old could fucking I, I hate that song. It's like one of my least favorite songs of all time. I cannot stand that tune, and I hated that whole era because this punkish metal band turned into. <laughs> I just hated the sound and and everything. I loved it. I loved it. I can't stand it. The, the raise your hands to rock, rock. Oh, really? Someone was listening to Twisted Sister. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, let, I mean, come on. It's I've, so I've, I've, I've never I've never looked at Motley Crue as as deep lyrics. Deep, no, no, it's not, nothing to do that. It, it, it's kind of like Kiss in the eighties to me. It was like, oh, the the shouting rock thing is big on the radio. We'll do that now. You know, it's like, no, dude, that doesn't sound anything like the first stuff off the first, first two records. You know, those, those records are just primal and they were on a roll. And then when that album came out with the totally shitty electric or yeah, the electric drum sound on it. And that, that, that record is not aged. I mean, I thought it was terrible when it came out. Um, and again, much like Kiss, I stayed a fan. You know, I still went to that. I, I went to that tour. You know, I still supported the bands that I like. But I, you know, I had to go through some shit to finally get to some good stuff. And but but okay, but besides the music, I mean, what do you guys think when a band like Motley Crue is celebrating forty years and they completely ignore two albums? You know, and it's not like they ignored two albums out of 40 albums. That's a 
two two albums is a big deal out of their their library. I mean, that's kind of I don't know. That's just kind of bullshit. When an artist is like, "Yeah, we're going to celebrate forty years. Thank you for being around us." And oh, by the way, John Karabi, you never existed. I mean, isn't that kind of bullshit? I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I, well, maybe that tells you who they are. You know that that there's still so much petty crap going on between the four of them that. No, you're was... you're you're 100 right there, Tommy. I mean, I don't know this at all, but I could just sit here and, and speculate and go, well, gee, maybe um, Tommy and Vince threw a fit and said, I don't want the band to release product that I wasn't part of, mm-hmm. and therefore the only compromise was either we don't do anything, or if we're going to do something, then we've got to ignore those two albums because they weren't there. Do you kind of think in a way that Creatures of the Night, and if follow my logic here, is kind of like the Karabi album in some ways? Because when, when you talk to Motley fans now, that album is the most highest regarded, you know, everyone talks so positive about it. It's really hard not to hear something good about it. Um, but if you looked at the, you know, the tour and the album sales, it was shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Creatures of the Night, same thing. Kiss, you know, oh, Creatures is, and, and as rightfully should be, is seen as, you know, an apex and a great time, you know, for the band musically. But the, the, the record sales and the tour receipts didn't show that. You know well, what I mean? I, speaking for myself as a huge Motley Crue fan who supported them literally since the beginning, I boycotted that record and I boycotted that tour. Like we say on the sh- on the show all the time, vote with your wallet. It did not sit well with me when Vince left. Period. End of story. Same thing with Van Halen. When Roth left, that was done. I didn't go see them until Roth came back. And there's a lot of friends of mine that feel exactly the same way. I'm not saying that that record with with Karabi is bad, but it's not a Motley Crue record. It's something completely different, and they should have named it something different. But you know, and 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 that. That's the way it should be. I mean, you as the fan then make the decision. Am I going to support whatever they're releasing or whatever they're doing? It just seems cheap and petty that the band sits here and says, well, we're just going to ignore that that ever happened. And it's not even part of it. I mean, especially when they're celebrating 40 years. You would think a 40-year retrospective would look at and go, hey, these are all the albums. Some of them we may not have been proud of. Some of them, you know, weren't the best moments for us. But this is everything that Motley Crue did, the good, the bad, and the real ugly. Well, from my perspective, I think it's it's shitty for them to do that because as a fan, what if I love those two records? And I do happen to really like them. And it feels to me like, well, so what you're saying is, is if you put something out, you expect me to buy it and I buy it and I like it, I'm still wrong for liking it and buying it because you don't like it. And I've never understood that. It's the same thing with The Elder. The reason that people want to hear songs off of The Elder live is because there are people who love those songs for good or for bad, but you certainly can't say that they're wrong because again, it's opinion. And and you know, The Elder is a good point because we know Paul has no love for the elder. None at all. 
it, mm -hmm. this would be like if Kiss all of a sudden made the elder disappear from the catalog because Paul yeah. didn't like it. No, it's still there. Whether he likes it or not, whether it was well-received or not, it's still there. And they acknowledge that it's an album in their catalog. I mean, they acknowledge, yeah. look, Mark St. John was in the band for the blink of an eye. And they still acknowledge every any that, that his part of the band, they still acknowledge Animal Eyes. I mean, it just seems... It seems really shitty that mm -hmm. that Motley Crue just like okay, you know, and and listen, I mean, John Crabbe is the nicest guy in the world. If anybody's ever met him, he's just super sweet, that. super nice. I mean, what the hell? What? Why? Why would you do that to him? What has John Crabbe ever done to Motley Crue other than accept the offer to sing with the band? And write some kick-ass songs yeah. on Swine. <laughs> it's, it's no different. It's no different than with Eric and Tommy. It's the same kind of thing. Who wouldn't take that gig if they could get it? And it was nothing against John at the time. I just boycotted it because it's like, okay, now Roth is gone. Now they kicked Vince Neil out, and all these people are leaving bands that I like. And I'm just like, I'm done with this. I, I'm not supporting this. I want them to know and, by me not going and to the I tour. That, and I think that's 100% cool. I mean, you're the fan. You get to decide that. I don't think it's right for any band to like rewrite their history and say, well, this, this year, right. these years never happened. We're just ignoring it. We went from here to here. Vince was always in the band. Right. Tommy was always in the band. Bullshit. I, I, I don't know. Like I love that tour with Samantha because I was like fed up with Tommy Lee at that point. Cause he wanted to rap or something and he got dreadlocks and I'm like, you're an amazing drummer in a, an amazing band and you want to go off and make rap records. I, I just thought that was just so stupid, you know, great. Do it on the side, whatever you want to do, but don't leave the band. It's just, it, some of these people, they just get these egos that they think that, Oh, well, I'm so-and-so and they're going to just follow me. I mean, look at Peter Chris. Yeah, but Peter was different. Peter put zero effort in it and, and then bitched that his career didn't take off. Well, guess what? You don't tour. You don't even try to tour. Whereas Tommy was the opposite. Tommy worked. Yeah. I didn't like stuff either, but he, he, it wasn't from lack of fucking effort. No, know? I, I agree. I mean, I give Tommy all the credit in the world for always doing something. I may not have liked what he did, but hey, the guy was out there following whatever his passion was, whatever he liked, you know doesn't you know and that's fine but, but for me like i said i thought like mark said that tour with samantha was phenomenal it really was you know? and yeah that album you know there's funny because there's a couple a couple of of instances in my world of stuff that i've, I've talked about in, in in the show many times deep purple is a great example the slaves and masters album that they did with uh, joel and turner which really sounds like an incredible rainbow um record there's fans there's fans that don't even accept that there's also fans you know because i read a lot of i'm you know a lot of the deep purple sites they, and they go through the stupid stuff that us here at kiss world go through with the you know with the the steve morris on guitar it's not blackmore i'm like well you know deal with it guys he hasn't richie hasn't been in the band in almost 30 fucking years okay steve's been around pretty much since then they're still touring they're still releasing great music and you know the same thing with black sabbath a lot of people 
you know, don't give the Tony Martin era much love. Um, and, you know, I mean, look, Tony Iommi rode that band into the fucking ground, you know, it, and that's true. The records weren't selling. They were playing fucking, you know, 1500 seat clubs. Then they get Dio back when that happened. And, you know, they're playing big, big places again. And then went back to the Tony Martin. Same thing. Went back to 1500 seaters and at least in the United States, you know, not worldwide. Um, you know, then when Ozzy came back, it was, you know, whatever. Tommy, you're yeah. no sound. Tommy's internet sucks today. Tommy yeah, is the new does. Mark Cicchini. I don't know. Can you hear me? Now yeah. I can hear you. Your video is pretty yeah. much frozen the whole time, though. I think it happens in, in all walks of life. I mean, look at the five guys that want Mitch to come back. Who? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> of course, you know, we are whitewashing our history, and this is the only lineup that's ever existed in three sides of the coin. Right? We're hypocrites. We are <laughs> hypocrites. God. Oh, how about the bears? Out. How about the bears? How about them Steelers? Oh shit, she's oh. not here. We're just giving them a hard time. Now you know. I mean, we don't have to spend much more time on this Motley Crue thing. I just thought that was that was interesting. They haven't made any note of it, and you've got to really kind of pay attention and go, "Oh, wait a second. There's a couple albums missing in that that." platinum plaque they're selling for a thousand you'd let's let's just end it with this you'd think if i'm going to spend a thousand dollars you could at least give me all the albums i mean is that fair yeah. you're getting a thousand dollars from a fan put two more albums on that plaque and 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 if it's vince and tommy who are butthurt about it don't sit down guys keep standing mm -hmm. i mean deal with it yeah, and I don't, yeah, who knows, but it, I'm sure it has something to do with that. It always I'm, does. I'm sure there's always some form of politics behind the scenes that's driving it. Well, well look, you know what, you, you, you came right out and said it, Mike, it's true. I mean, both, I, you, we know that answer. Uh, Vince's camp and Tommy's camp both want right. that struck. That's, that's what it is. And that's totally what it is. So it's to me, like you said, that's pretty ridiculous, but it is what it is. It and is and is. hey, God bless them. Hopefully, hopefully they sell a million of them. You know, I, I don't care. You know, um, people but, are going to buy what they want. I mean, buy. congratulations on 40 years. I mean, you know, well deserved. I mean, how many bands make it that far? They definitely have a, a controversial history in that 40 years. Good for them. I mean, celebrate it. It's just. I don't know. We can move on. Yeah. From there. Um, so today's topic was sort of inspired by some memes and posts that I saw in our Facebook group just after uh, Paul Stanley released the first single from the Soul Station album that came out last week. And if you haven't heard it, go check it out. It's everywhere you can find music. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. Um, you know, Paul Stanley Soul Station released their first track. And the comments were basically like, ah, oh, you know, people give Peter Chris a hard time about going 
R&B, soul, whatever you want to, however you want to describe his 78 solo album. But look at all the love Paul Stanley's getting for his Soul Station album. And, and I thought, well, that's an interesting perspective. That's an interesting comment to make. And I thought we could start today's topic on that and just kind of go around. I mean, my, my feeling is, and I get what they're trying to imply, but that's apples and oranges in my opinion completely apples and oranges. I mean, Paul Stanley's Soul Station is a true solo album. It doesn't have the Kiss logo anywhere on it. It doesn't have the Kiss name on it. It doesn't have Kiss makeup on it. You know, the only Kiss thing about it is that Eric Singer is playing drums on it. The Peter Chris solo album in 78 was a Kiss catalog album. It has the KISS logo on it. It has Peter's makeup on it. And, and Mark, as you love to say, timeline is everything. If you were a KISS fan back in 78, you'll know probably exactly what we're saying is when you got that album and you dropped the needle on it, you were just like, it was like a slap in the face. You're like, what the hell am I listening to here? But guys, for, again, for the younger fans... It's very much like the elder argument. And as you hear repeatedly on this show about the timeline, I, you know, I expect it's funny because I, I remember this distinctly. I listened to Peter's record last. I listened to Gene's first and then Paul's, then Aces and then Peter's. Now, when I got to Peter's, I was expecting Strange Ways. I was expecting Getaway and Baby Driver you know, I was hard luck woman. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, trust me. Of course, I was expecting a ballad or two, but I was expecting hooligan. I was expecting a you know a good rock and roll sort of what Peter did with Kiss, and it was such a, a one eighty. I, I remember though too. I, I remember going, okay, this is okay, but it's not. You know, I, I didn't really know what to think. And, and speaking of timeline, though, Michael too. And, and this is what I thought was, was very interesting about your, your concept for today's show. Don't you think now, as we're older, we have a whole new appreciation for different kinds of music, yes. not just R&B, but I, I, I would like to think everybody in this audience, by the time you get to Tommy, Michael, and, and my age... You're going to, you know, I, you know, here's one of my, with my music buddies, I'll, I'll give you a couple bands. When I was a kid, I liked the Eagles, liked, liked Dottie, liked a little uh, peewee uh, there, but um, I, I had the greatest hits. I liked it. It's good. As an adult, I love the catalog. I, I mean, I just, my tastes grew and I, I appreciate the harmonies more. I mean, I liked them when I kid. Is when I was a kid, but they're another one of those bands. There's so much more there than Hotel California. You know what I mean? The, the really the catalog is just well. It, it's it's I, you know it's because at, I think this is a fair statement. If you start out as a music fan when you're a kid and you're still a music fan at our age, you've you've learned to appreciate and understand what goes into music. So you have more openness and willingness to, as we always say you know, step out of your comfort zone and try something new. 
that's hard to say when like when when Peter's solo album came out, I was 14 years old. You know, I'd only been into music for a few years, just finding my way as to what did I like and what was good and, and stuff like that. So that that that's part of what the big thing was back then was first of all, there were no advanced expectations. You had no on those four solo albums. Other than Kiss is doing four solo albums, you had no idea what the music was going to be like. None whatsoever. Mike, going back to my, I think as kids, we did. I thought Gene's was going to sound like Calling Dr. Love. Well, we had we had our expectations of what Gene was in Kiss, Peter was in Kiss. But what I'm saying is there was no, there was no advanced media hype. There was no advanced singles getting reviewed. There wasn't Peter talking for six months saying, oh, I'm in the studio and I'm cutting this R&B track. And, you know, look at what Paul has done over the last couple of years with Soul Station. If anybody is surprised at what Soul Station sounds like, you're freaking blind and deaf because it's been well documented in advance what that was going to be. That didn't exist back in 78. All we had our expectations was, it's four Kiss solo albums. That means I'm getting four Kiss albums instead of one. Right. But you yourself had said uh, before when we've discussed this type of thing that you you felt that this is the drummer in Kiss and you're going to get that rock and roll record. And I didn't approach it that way. But one of the things that's different between you and, and me, Michael, not so much Mark because he's got um, older siblings, but I have older siblings. My sister, my oldest sister is 18 years older than me. So for me, between my sister's and my brother's record collections, and then living next door to someone whose parents bought a record collection from a DJ, when I was a kid, we were listening to the Monkees and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Yardbirds. We were also listening to Elvis and Frank Sinatra and uh, Billie Holiday and um, Johnny Mathis. So I had such a wide scope of music. You were already exposed to it. Yeah. So then when the four solo albums came out, I remember thinking the one I'm most curious to hear was Ace because we only had one song from him, essentially, which was shocked me by that point. And I never really preconceived one way or another what any of it would be. I just literally listened for the songs. And I remember thinking, oh, right, this is going to be a great record to, to, you know, make out with girls because it was all those slow ballady songs. So I didn't look at it like, oh, this is not what I want it to be. I can remember thinking that vividly with Jeans feeling grossly let down by that well record. you know I, and, and and this is that we could throw gene into this discussion because i had similar feelings about gene's solo album not nearly as bad as peter's because gene had a few shining moments but it was it was again one of those where you're like wow i'm you know the demon on the cover it's going to be dr love it's going to be something gene and i'm like Oh, this is not what, as a 14-year-old KISS fan, new KISS fan, who's only been a fan for a couple years, that was not what was expected. Let's put it. I, I, had, a, I had a different response to Gene's 
because I was such a fan of Alice's mid 70s stuff. Welcome to my nightmare goes to hell lace and whiskey. There's mm -hmm. a fine line between songs like let's dance and, you know, uh, or gotta dance, excuse me, off of, off of go to hell. And Gene's album was eclectic, but it really reminded me of Alice's mid period stuff. He was taking chances. I, I got to admit as a kid and even to this day, but as a kid, I loved it. I absolutely loved Gene's record. I, that was the one I listened to the most. That was the one that I liked the most as, as a kid. I still hold it in very high regard, but you know, if you boil it down now, I, I think Paul Stanley's is, is like this much better than Ace's, not much. I mean, just the, the smallest of fractions, but if I had to list them, it'd be Paul, Ace, Gene, and Peters. But, I, you know, I've, I have a new appreciation for Peters now. I, I, I still don't, it's not something I go to, but Gene's, again, maybe for those same reasons when I was talking about the Eagles earlier, just there's, you know, there's all kinds of shit on that record. I love it. I, it, I think it's very creative. It's fun. Um, it's like a comfortable pair of shoes. It takes yeah. you back, you know? And, and for me, the reason that Jeans was disappointing is I just didn't think the songs were very good. And I actually liked the, um, the, the cover that he did, the Kiss cover. I liked it, See You in Your Dreams. I liked it better on Rock and Roll Over. And I'm oh, like, me too. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? This is like a waste. I remember being the most excited by Jeans before they came out because Gene let more stuff slip about his record at the time from my recollection than any of the other ones. So I knew Man of a Thousand Faces. I knew Tunnel of Love. I knew those names because he had mentioned them in other uh, interviews. So there was more excitement because I knew but, something. But, 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 but you know, a name doesn't, necessarily tell you what it's going to sound like oh I mean, of course not you know, when you know, you're a kid what, that was the only thing i had you, no no a hundred percent you know that that was that was totally it so it 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 again it's such a the biggest factor here between soul station and like peter or gene's solo album 78 is the fact that one is a pure solo album yeah the other two were marketed as kiss albums you can call them gene solo album peter chris's solo album but they were kiss albums kiss logos makeup it was all part of the kiss machine which again if you were a fan back then i mean that that was the peak of kiss 78 i mean they were just they were everywhere so you were just like god this is i'm so excited for kiss records coming out at the same time it was, awesome. it was awesome i mean you were just like this is going to be incredible you know and and you got to also understand back then we had less insight into what influenced each guy musically because back then we were dealing with the the stories that were created about each person that was put out there you know it, i guess well, and part of it for me, too, to your point, is that I knew so much of the music that Peter was influenced by because of everything going on around me that it, right away I'm like, oh, this is great. I really like it, you know, and and even to the point where what you're hopeful for versus what would re reality be when we were on Eddie's Trunks show last week, I almost wish I would have not chosen 
um, hooked on rock and roll and and chose Kiss the Girl Goodbye because if they're making one Kiss record at that point, to me that would be the obvious ballady single off of that record over what I had chosen. So you know you can make it go so many different ways, but for me it right away I'm like oh I like this a lot because it felt familiar. And well, then it he, and, and and I and I think that that's a big part of what plays into this as well. Yeah. You know, I wasn't familiar with that. I mean, the right. the music that was in our household was country music, and then whatever music I was listening to, I had no older siblings that were influenced me with music. So exactly, it, you that's know, a big it, deal. it you know when I heard Peter's music, I was just like, okay, whether the music is good or bad wasn't how I was seeing it it was whoa this is such a left out of left field change of of again a 14 year old's expectations after just coming off of destroyer and rock and roll over and love gun and alive too and then that shows up and you're just like it, it was almost like getting punched in the face. Like I was just like, I don't know what to do with this. Well, and maybe that's part of why I have such a, a love of dynasty and unmasked because to me, even though the change was different, there was probably a lot of people like yourself that were turned off by a lot of this stuff. But for me, dynasty is still one of my favorite records, but a lot of older kiss fans or earlier kiss fans they were done by that point. I had no problem that they did. I was made for loving you because again, like how you tell the story about how they finally started to play lick it up on the radio. I was just like, great. I'm hearing I was made for loving you everywhere. And it's in movies and it's this and it's that. I'm like, all right, my band is finally getting some acknowledgement. So I thought the song was great. And I kind of looked at Peter's the same way. So I think the thing that was the biggest turnoff for me is when you'd see Gene or Paul bag a uh, Peter's solo record in interviews. And I couldn't understand, well, why do you care? I don't know. The whole thing was just weird. Now, speaking of which, Tommy, can can we, as a consensus of, of the three of us, can we agree that I Was Made for Loving You is the biggest song in the Kiss catalog now? Would, is that a bold statement? No, because I, I think I... But I'm talking worldwide. No, yeah, I, I agree with Mark. I mean, yeah. I think I've read somewhere that just on, like, what songs are streamed the most... What okay. Kiss songs are streamed the most? It's by far and away I was made for loving you. Is it number one I, most streamed Kiss song? I'm, I'm judging that on on pop culture. That's what I. So, um, matter of fact, wasn't didn't they just do that? It was some new reboot of make what's that? What's the the song one from the seventies? Um, oh, um, name that name, tune. Name that tune. Yeah, that kiss was just, I mean, someone did, I was made for loving you. And, and I go back now and I look at, you know, when Linda Carter did it and Menudo covered it and, and you know what I mean? All this worldwide, it was this huge dance song. And I, I just get the vibe now that that's probably the biggest song worldwide. Again, not yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It could be because, you know, when we were down in Mexico last week, every night they had a show. And a couple of nights a week, it was karaoke, but the rest of it was one night they had a Michael Jackson night. That one night they had traditional dancers 
Um, and then they also had uh, a band, different things like that. And one night was the rock night, which was a bunch of dancers dancing choreographed stuff to rock songs. So I was thinking it was Bon Jovi and all that. And it was. And then guess what? I was made for loving you. It's huge down there. Oh, it's a, it's, so, I mean, to Mark's point, it's huge, it's huge around the world. It's huge yeah, around the right. world. And that, you know, it's funny, that whole concept, I always try and use my head when I'm, especially on musical talk, because, you know, this goes all the way back to like stuff like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, you know, with like Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden go anywhere in the world and sell out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that bothers me when I see these, you know, these, I hate to say it, American executives over like people like Ian Winter and stuff. I'm like, you don't even pay attention to that, do you? You, you just, you just, you know, see what people read in your magazine or in your world. You don't even pay attention to how no, big. Aware of it. You know what I mean? Just, uh, but that's, that's the whole thing, you know, same thing with Kiss is, you know, I think I was made for loving you and for as much as I hate to say it, Michael, crazy, crazy nights too. Oh, no. I, mean, I mean, crazy, crazy nights was huge in the UK. It was a top 10 and, single like Europe as well. I mean, yeah. That, uh, a lot bigger than it was here. And uh, I tell you what, uh, God gave rock and roll. You same thing. Uh, yep. A lot bigger it got airplay here but it got way more airplay overseas than it did here so those are things as kiss fans we have to be aware of it's not just our surroundings it's the world you know uh, it's a big world and it's getting you know the big the big world's getting smaller because of you know things like the internet you know you know and back to the solo albums i think it's safe to say if back in 78 paul's solo album sounded like soul station I would also be like, what the hell am I listening to? What is this? This isn't Paul Stanley. And see, and for me, I'm excited about it because I like Paul's voice and I love those songs or that era, I should say, because I don't know all the songs that are going to be on the record. But man, again, older sisters and older brother, we had all the Motown records. We had. Hey, I got to grab a call. I'll be. Okay. Uh, we had all the temptations and we had the Supremes and all of that stuff. So for me to hear a, an updated different version of those songs, again, will feel like a comfortable pair of shoes. And so I'm excited and I would rather have him do this than not do anything. No, no, I, I, I agree. You know, at, at this point, I'm excited about soul station. I love the first, the first single that came out, you know, listen, is that the type of music I listen to? You know, when I just feel like listening, no, not at all. But it's also because, again, it's just I'm a different person than I was when I was 14. I've become, I've matured, I've understood music. I appreciate now who influenced the artists I like. Much, yeah. much I mean, that's very important to me. It's like, okay, I can hear this from this song when you did this kiss tune, or I, you know, I can, I just like to, like to build that family tree out. Now, again, when I was a teenager in the seventies, I could care less about any of that. None of that mattered to me. It was just like, I want my band to give me some more music. And that was it. I was not, I hadn't yet gotten deep enough into music to understand 
oh, well, what band was he in before joining this band? And I should go listen to that. And, and, and who were they listening to when they were kids? And, you know, who did they go see in concert? That hadn't registered with me yet. That is now the case. So yeah. that, that, that's why I think it's an unfair comparison to say people are crapping on Peter's solo album when, they, when they're not crapping on Paul's soul station because it's, it's literally not the same thing. It is just completely different, different times, different ways the albums were, are going to be marketed, released, presented. I mean, look, let's, let's reverse it. If, if Paul Stanley took the soul station album and released it as a kiss album, put the kiss logo on it and called it Paul Stanley. And the album was called soul station and you dropped the needle and this is what you got. I'd be like, what are you freaking smoking, Paul? This right. isn't Kiss. But he did it the right way. But he again, it's, yep. it's experience too, Michael, because like, you know, with Linda being younger, she's not going to influence you. And so literally by the time I hooked up with Kiss, which was 70, what, 75 or so, I had already been listening to records for seven years, eight years. So I can remember literally some of my earliest memories were sitting by my mom and dad's Fisher console record player in the living room at like four years old, maybe five, listening to Sgt. Pepper's and Revolver wow. yeah. and greatest hits of the Rolling Stones because I had a hundred records in front of me and I was fascinated by the covers and so many of them were gatefolds and I would sit and look at this stuff for hours. I was mesmerized. So by that point, you know, even though I was very much like this tunnel vision with, with Kiss, I still appreciated the stuff I'd been listening to, the Beatles and the Monkees and Elton John and, and all the other stuff. And that really, I think, made a difference. Well, that makes a big difference for every anybody when it comes to your your music history. Is does is there some form of uh, an outside influence that helps you explore and grow? I mean, yeah. the, my mine was literally just, oh, I hear somebody talking about ABBA. Okay, I'm at a garage sale. There's an ABBA album. I'll buy it for a quarter. No idea. Right. Brewer and Shipley. I mean, that that's how it was. For me, it was literally just shotgun shots of just like, oh, let me grab that album at a garage sale for 10 cents. Eh, never listened to it again. That one, that one. Kiss shows up on Paul Lynn, and I'm just like, wow, the sound, the visual, everything. And oh, then, yeah. you know, and then I have my, my best friend across the street, Brian, and I remember him mentioning Kiss at some point. I'm just like, okay, so my friend's are aware of this band. I like what I saw. Now I'm going to focus more in on that. If you totally. don't have, if you don't have in outside influence as a kid and, and in this day and age, the reality is you don't have to have a person influencing you because you've got the internet that can influence everything for you. And it always seemed like the radio was on at our house too. So I remember vividly sitting home at night in the evening, listening to Casey Kasem's top 40 you know, and working on model kits. Yeah, see, see like when, when the radio was on at our house, it was usually playing country. some country music. We listen, I, I, I remember when WDGY was country. You know, my mom would be listening oh, yeah. to Don Williams and 
Charlie Pride and stuff like that. It's like, I no problem with that, but it didn't influence me. But that's the music that was in my house at the time. And, and now you can get influenced very easily and you can learn everything you want because of the internet. Back in the 70s when that didn't exist, there was little information coming your way. I mean, there was information, but it was trickles of information that you would pick up in a, a magazine article, a newspaper interview, a friend mentioning it. You didn't get, you know, you didn't have all the in-depth that you have now of, a, of any artist who's going in to start recording where you know, like, oh, I've already know what the album title is going to be. I know what the 10 songs are. I know whose guest musicians are. I know, you know, everything about it by the time it comes out. Yeah, and my back, sister, go ahead. I was, just, I was just gonna say back then, you know, for the most part, we knew we were getting four solo albums. Um, we knew that none of them were gonna be guesting or appearing on the other guy's album, but they didn't really get into great in-depth of, oh, this isn't gonna be a Kiss album. This is gonna be Gene's influence, what he grew up with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you gotta also think back they probably deliberately downplayed that back then too, because you sure didn't want, you know, first of all, those albums had a hard time going platinum with the buzz they had. They sure didn't need advanced buzz out there before the release came out saying, Oh, be ready. Peter's album, nothing like kiss. Oh, of course not. And, and I think also too, being so hooked up with AM pop radio, I remember because I'd have to go to the, the store with my mom and my sisters and they would be shopping for dress material and stuff like that. And I just wander around, wander around Target. Target used to have a wall of 45s and they always kept current with the top 40. So you always knew like up on the display, which was number one this week, all the way to number 40. And then in the racks below it, it was up to the top 100. So if you ever heard anything on the radio or on Casey Kasem's show, you could go to Target the next day or God knows a myriad of other record stores and boom, there's the 45. Oh, so, you, go ahead, sorry. I, so I that, that really fed into my love of, of music, which is partly why when people give me a hard time about not liking, you know, Wasp or Dio or whatever, it's not that I dislike them. It's just, it's, it's not... I like pop songs. So I look at Kiss as a pop album or a band, a Motley Crue, Van Halen. Yeah, they're heavier, but they're poppy. You know, whereas Deep Purple's not poppy to me at all. They've got a lot of great songs, but they're very um, classic rock driven a different direction. Well, you you touched on a point, and I don't, I don't know if this is germane to the argument or not even argument the discussion but what you said Tommy is so true um about the diversity in top 40 in the 70s was totally different to what it is now even with the live a, show the bands that? even with the live shows you know like a festival day oh correct correct yeah I, I that was I was going to touch on that because I I was going through some stuff for a kiss project not too long ago and I came across uh, a top 40 radio station ad. Pardon me? Going through for Kiss Project for the band? Yeah, yeah. And, I knew that's what and, you, you wanted confirmation for, Tommy. 
No, but one of the ads I came upon was a Detroit radio, local Detroit radio station. And in, in their picture advertising, the music you'll hear was Kiss, the OJs, Aerosmith, and Elton John. Those were the four. You hear all the hits on, you know, WDRQ, you know, Kiss. The OJ's, Aerosmith, Elton John. Look at the KTEL 22 explosive hits records. Yeah. But that that's the whole thing. When you were a kid, you, you didn't think of it in any other way. You're like, okay, I, I like Love Train, but I also like, you know, I, I like uh, Walk This Way. You know what I mean? It's like, you yeah. could, it, it was a beautiful thing, man. And that's kind of how I view the Kiss solo albums. I love the Paul Stanley um, that's probably my favorite ace just slightly under that and I, I liked Peters because of the diversity of all of that you know because that's what I grew up on I gotta admit though like Peters obviously got the least amount of play because uh, for me you know uh, 78 I was 13 I was really starting to get into Sabbath and Aerosmith mm-hmm. and Nugent and I mean that that's where I went with my tastes Although, you know, again, it was funny, Mike, you talk about country music. Um, I don't think I heard even, I didn't, I guess maybe I didn't perceive things like Johnny Cash. I mean, I knew like a couple songs and I knew a couple Dolly Parton songs and stuff, but country music was so foreign to my, I just, I was never exposed in any way. I love it. Now put it this way. I love, oh, I like old country i i I can't stand the pop that they call country now but you know i i've got tons of johnny cash and stuff like i you know i love all that stuff and you know and and that that comes as you get older because you learn to appreciate and understand what they were about and what they were doing and why they were doing it and then you all of a sudden hear somebody you know somebody from your favorite rock band going oh my god johnny cash is the shit and you're like whoa if he loves johnny cash i damn well better give it a listen oh i did that with howlin wolf and all that's i i'm such a blues guy i i but through the same thing every time i'd i'd read something that jimmy page said and then i'd read paul stanley talking about you know howlin wolf and those guys and uh you'd be going oh okay well that's you know, the whole concept of love gun <laughs> was taken from from a, from an old blues tune. You know, I mean, it's it's like those guys, you know, and then you're reading about Willie Dixon and how, you know, basically the first couple Zeppelin albums were nothing but Jimmy Page reinterpreting the, you know, Willie Dixon right. catalog. And, right. You know what I mean? It's you're like, wow, there must be something to that, you know. And uh, right, yeah, I still do that. If I see somebody an artist talk about another artist i'll at least go give it the time of day even to this day if i oh that that, i you know i love doing that now because i've grown to appreciate and it's easy but i've grown to appreciate and understand what that means i again back in 1978 i could have cared less i literally could have cared I, i was a kid and again i was a kid i just keep coming back to it i was a kid sitting here going God damn, I'm getting four Kiss records for Christmas. Four 
kid because it was, you know, they were released at the perfect time that they were going to become Christmas gifts. You know, okay, grandma's getting me the Gene Simmons album and my aunt and uncle are getting me the Peter Chris album. And, you know, as a kid, that's all you cared about. It's like, first of all, I don't have to spend my money. I don't have to go shovel driveways, mow lawns, save up money to buy four records. I'm getting them as gifts. So, yeah. you know, that, 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 that's, that's what, you know, when you were 14 years old back then, that's all you cared about. That literally was mm-hmm. it. I mean, again, remembering people, there was no cable TV. There were no, I shouldn't say no video games, but the video games that were coming out were simply Pong. I mean, that was it. You had one game that you could play on your TV. But that was the coolest thing in the world to be able to do that. But other than that, what did we do as kids to entertain ourselves? Well, you rode your bike. You went to the library a lot. Just why? Just because there was a place to hang out and look at books. Uh, you went to the bowling alleys. You maybe saved up money to go see a movie, hung out at malls. That was it. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's a whole different. If you weren't there when those solo albums came out, you will never, ever really understand and appreciate what we're talking about on how whether you liked it or not it was a shock it was a shock to the system to 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 see to listen to those albums now that could never happen in 2021 nobody could ever get away with something that would shock you like that michael it's it's the same thing with the elder we've said it a million times on the show but it really really is that was a shock to the system. So you, if you just, and there's nothing, I fuck, I'm happy that fans discovered the band in 1986. That's awesome. But you'll never see the elder the way someone who saw it in real time did. You'll, well, I mean, that goes, we've said it before, that goes for Creatures of the Night. I, yes. you know, we, I've, I've can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with the younger fans who are just, you know, trying to tell me that, you know, when Creatures of the Night came out, it was the biggest and best thing. And I'm like, um, you weren't there. You weren't there to experience that. Yes, the music was so great, but why did the rest of the world shit on this band? Why didn't they get it? You know, you can you can look back from 2021 and go, that was a great album and blah, blah, blah. But unless you were there like we were during Creatures or The Elder or the solo albums, you don't, you don't, completely grasp how shocking some of those events were in the kiss world and in music in general yeah and i remember vividly spending a lot of time thinking about what are those solo album covers going to look like how are they going to do this you know and i remember seeing them for the first time thinking because you know for months for those of you that don't know all it said is coming in september with four squares and nothing in it nothing yep and i remember seeing them going oh my god this is better than i could have ever imagined but remember being so deeply disappointed with those posters that were in the solo albums to this day i look at them i hate them oh really see see now there that's completely opposite for me because you know we knew kiss was was doing cool things in their albums but when those solo albums came out you got this amazing, this beautiful color and graphic poster, and then it fit together as a puzzle piece to form one long poster. Which was cool. Got, 
which which was great but it also was like god damn i only got the first two albums right now so i can't complete my posters on the wall until i get the other two they really went to the extreme with the packaging i felt for the solo Brilliant marketing. you know oh, what, yeah, I just, what, what they it, gave you with that album was top notch was great now yes. yes other bands were starting to put posters in albums but the way you got all four posters and it put it together and then you're just like oh wait a second some of the graphics from paul segues into this one and this one segues into that one it was really you know and again as a 14 year old kid that looked awesome on your bedroom wall right yeah, across see, the top of it i never i was just like this because I would have rather had, I thought the, I guess what I'm trying to say is I thought the artwork for the covers was so over the top amazing that the cartoonish looking posters inside were lackluster. I would have rather have had the four faces. And, I, I, and, and to some extent, that's what influenced me and what I was going to hear on those albums. You know, when I got the Gene solo album before playing it and you're looking at that cover and just, yeah. you know, the littlest, you know, you're yeah. just like, oh, I can't wait. This is the demon looking at me. This is Peter Chris in full makeup looking at me. And then you drop the needle on it. And you're like, oh, this isn't this isn't Love Gun. This isn't Rock and Roll Over. This isn't Destroyer. This is I'm not, you know. I'm not sure what this is because again, it didn't come with any history to say, all right, well, here's why Peter recorded these songs because this meant so much to him as a child growing up. And he used to play these in his cover bands in Brooklyn. You know, none of that was there. We, we had nothing to set this up for us as a fan to that and level. The, and that's the one thing I wish that we could give everybody that listens to this show that isn't close to our age. I really wish we could even just somehow one time, it's almost like that saying of catching lightning in a bottle. I wish we could share with you those feelings from childhood of discovering this stuff. Like they were, Michael was saying, and Mark, that you, you don't, you won't know what it was really like to be there when it happened, because that's another thing that makes kiss so interesting is because you have all the people that, are haters so not only are you dealing with the fact that you're a fan of theirs and you're following this stuff and you're getting into these records you're doing all this fun stuff you also have people like around you just ripping on you constantly for being a fan which also adds to the whole piece yeah i mean that 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 that's what in my opinion sort of brought the art kiss army together was all of us in the 70s growing up with people saying they suck, they suck, they're not good, they're not good, go listen to Zeppelin. You know, we banded together with our friend who, you know, was was an oddball on his own right. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, you like Kiss too? All right, you're cool. Come on, sit at, sit at my lunch, sit at my lunch table. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, have well, I, I, I brought that up before in the summer of 83, before Lick It Up came out, Creatures was current. When I joined uh, my band, or joined the band I ended up spending the all 1980s with. Um, what's that? No, Chain was that band. Matter of fact, I'm going to be.
doing some, I just had that entire catalog remastered. More on that later, because I'm actually going to, I know I've already talked to Michael about it, and I'm going to be doing some The Mark Cicchini box set is <laughs> coming, much, yeah. and boy, wait till you see the special gifts he includes. You would not believe. I know why he keeps going to the dentist or the doctor or something. I still get tons of people requesting that stuff. But again, you know, real quick story about that. That's how I got into tape trading and being a collecting bootlegs back in the day before there was file sharing. You had to physically send tapes, and we were my old band was reviewed in tons of mag, literally tons and tons of magazines. and people started going, oh, I see your tape's five bucks, but I see you list Kiss and Aerosmith, you know, his influences. Uh, do you have this Kiss show from, I'm like, no, what's that? Oh, it's great. I'll send that to you. If you send me your band's demo, I'll, I'll send you this. And next thing you know, I got 15, 20 Kiss shows I didn't even know existed. You know what I mean? When you're a kid. Um, but really quick, in, in the summer of 83, I wore my Creatures of the Night tour shirt to my first audition because i'm like if these guys don't like kiss i don't want to be around them you know what i mean and it turned out yep. they're like we do deuce <laughs> so, you know, didn't even know it you know what i mean i but i was like i was that's you know sticking to my guns here i'm like kiss is a huge influence on me i love the band and i want to be around people who like that kind of music otherwise i'm not interested it was funny, you were talking about Motley Crue earlier, too. Um, we, we did Livewire, our very first rehearsal, because they were shocked that I knew it. And, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't, it wasn't out yet. I mean, that way. But they, one of my friends in, that was one of the friends of the bass players, he was, like, super into, you know, like, tape trim. Mean, again, this whole thing, that's it's just so organic how it happened back in the day you know what i mean fanzines and the underground metal press and man next thing you know you're like there's ads for anybody that you know all kinds of metal and hard rock and man the minute you put your you started writing people you started it was it was such an exciting time you know but 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 like i said you know being a major kiss fan i i always flew that flag you know and uh it was always important to me and even i like i said so much so i didn't want to be in a band where i had to hide my to love kiss you know what i mean right yep so yep yep and that wasn't easy back in 83 that wasn't easy at all you know you know now in 2021 i can totally appreciate what peter chris was doing on his album i think that's great i mean he wanted to do what he wanted to do not what the fans were expecting same with gene you know now i i can appreciate that i still have a hard time listening to those two albums because and and again this might be very difficult for people to understand but when I listen to the music on Peter Chris's solo album, I'm instantly time warped back to 1978. I'm brought back to being that 14 year old kid again. Totally. Because, because I mean, me, all, all music is that way. I mean, music is one of the, the, the best things to bring back memories, to take you to another place, another location of like, Oh, you know, you hear, you hear the opening riff of a song and you're like, yeah, I remember roller skating when I was 12 years old and I was holding her hand as we were going around. And, you know, that's what music does. So part of the issue I've got getting over Peter and Gene's solo album is even now when I appreciate it, 
I'm still taken back to that kid who deep inside I had confusion and disappointment. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't get rid of that. That's, that's the feelings I had, but I can sit back and go, listen, I respect what they did. I, I understand why they did it and good for them for doing it. It's different if you are a younger fan now when you were just like, oh, okay, I bought this album, this album. Ah, I'm going to go out and get the solo albums. You already know what the solo albums are going to sound like. You finally just got them. I mean, that's right. all you were doing is going out and buying them because you've listened to them on streaming services or listened to them on YouTube or whatever. It's, it's so different right now if you are listening to music as a younger Kiss fan. And there's not, I think that's the greatest thing in the world, but you will just never quite understand you know, I, it's, and this isn't just with Kiss, but especially during the 70s, I love the fact that we were able to listen to music by great bands on albums that eventually became absolute classic albums, but at the time, they were nothing. Right. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I always tell people, I remember listening to Pink Floyd The Wall before Pink Floyd The Wall exploded to be massive. When it was just one single that a radio station was starting to play, yeah. you know, or or whether it was a Deep Purple or whether it was Led Zeppelin or whether it was Sticks or whoever your band is, to be able to say, I remember that feeling of listening to that because I was a fan of it, not because the rest of the world was already on board. I, I remember vividly counting the days down to Van Halen 2 and I, I was bugging my older sister to take me to the uh, to the uh, record store to get it you know the day it came out because I was so into the first record it was I, let me tell you Van Halen's first record was very matter of fact I think I read this somewhere it, it, the Detroit market was one of the ones that first to take off and man, that thing got played here like you would not believe. Um, so by the time the second record was coming out, you know, also by that time too, I was so, it was such a, I, that was really my wheelhouse. When was that 79 when that came out? 78, 79? Yeah. I, that, my whole life by that point was reading Circus and Cream. And, and you know what I mean? That was, that was it. I was just full fucking bore into that. And I could not wait. You know what I mean? That was, but yeah, I mean, there was that anticipation. Just, just it was just awesome. It was just a great. I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 rem, I remember this little band out of England called Def Leppard, that yeah. you know was was touring the. I, they were they were opening for Billy Squire. I didn't go to the show, but I remember you know they were just this little unknown band out of the UK. But you by know, that point, that was that was at the beginning of Pyromania when that came out. Yeah. Or maybe it was high and dry, but I remember that someone bringing that first record to school when we were in the 10th grade. And the thing that sticks out and why I remember it is, is I remember us having a discussion and someone's like, yeah, they're our age. And, and all of us going, we can't even pass math. And they've got a record out that's just, it, it, I couldn't even conceive of that. Oh, my and, God. Tommy, you just brought me back to, it was funny, you mentioned my my high school band that I was in. We won a battle of the bands and we got to open for a local big band here in Detroit at a, at a, at a, at a matter of fact, the same theater that Paul Stanley played at uh, Macomb Theater. And I'll never forget, they were playing Let It Go over the PA. 
And somebody said that to me. Um, they're like, you know, they're whatever at the time, you know, 18, 19. Keep in mind, it was 79, I was 14. Or when, when did that album come out? 81, I was 81. 81. So, yeah. So I was 16 and 81. And I remember somebody saying something at the time, which was wrong. They said that uh, Rick Allen was only 17, but I think he was probably 19 or 20 by that point. Still, not, but reachable from where we were. They yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing that I thought, first up Tommy when I heard that I was like we can't sing like that because they had those big background vocals and I remember the guys in my band I remember sitting during sound check that was playing we're like how can we ever make it no how how does because you don't also don't understand let's just give up we can't we can't sound like that let's just stop <laughs> but seriously you start listening to the background vocals they were so big and huge and you know what I mean and you're like Christ, we don't sound like, and on our best day, we don't sound like, but you don't know at the time about production and, you know, all that. Yeah, so, you just hear the song and go, shit, this, the way it really is really good. Yeah, yeah, but I, it was, I remember that distinctly uh, about Def Leppard. I, I also, though, too, my older sister brought home On Through the Night when it was new, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I remember liking Wasted and uh, yeah. Rocked Off and um, but I, but let it go was told because that got like radio airplay, like you know you wouldn't even fucking believe, you know what I mean? That was uh, yeah, it was just yeah, a great. Because when I was a younger kid and I heard um, Deep Purple live in Japan, nineteen seventy two, I think it was for the first time. I was so young, I never thought about well, how old are they. It just hit home when we got into high school and found out that the Def Leppard guys were only a couple years older, and we're just I'll never forget that. Everyone just the rest of the day were like fucked you know because it was so um, unbelievably good you're sitting here going yeah what am i doing i'm 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 taking shopping bags out at a at you know to somebody's some old lady's car that's my job is 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 filling shopping bags and here these guys are recording an album and on tour Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it yeah yeah, I mean, so I was you know, playing in band at eighth grade though. So I mean, I was I was playing with high school kids. I was a kid in high school in eighth grade in a band. I mean, I've been in a. It's funny because I was thinking about that the other day. I've been in a band since eighth grade, a band up till now, like my entire life. But you're That's, one of the. What's what I mean? It's really bizarre. Um, yeah. And and pretty much every single band I've ever been to did nothing but their own music. It's just it's just weird. It could because you, that's not a trajectory that you're absolutely right that people go on. You know what I mean? A lot of guys just play in bands through high school and, you know, they get married and then they, they stop playing. A matter of fact, I, I think I even brought that up on the last episode. So everything I love to do, I still like doing. So I don't want to stop doing it until I physically can't do it, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, I, I, I think this Paul Stanley Soul Station versus Peter Chris solo album is just such a great example of the phrase timeline means everything. Yeah. It, it just, that that's what it is. You can't compare, they're, they're literally apples to oranges. You can't compare the two completely different times, different eras, different ways they were released and marketed and presented, uh, you know, you know, well, you know, and, and I, I could just add, you know, okay, so Gene Simmons did his asshole solo album. I had no preconceived thoughts that that was going to sound like Kiss. No. 
because that was a solo album. Plus, yeah. by that by that time, you know, coming off of his '78 solo album, you knew Gene likes to be a little strange. So, yeah. So, so it, yeah. So, I mean, you, if it's going to have the Kiss logo on it, right or wrong, that plants the seed of some form of an expectation in the mind of the fans. Which is why well, they protect it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, and it means it will, it will get attention and it will get some level of sales just because there's a logo on it. Mm -hmm. Paul Stanley soul station. Again, I'm so looking forward to this. Isn't going to sell anywhere near a kiss record would. If somehow it was marketed as a kiss record, it would get a bump in sales. Quite sure of that, but it's well, not a kiss record. Because, yeah, it'll be to see, see what happens. I'm, like I said, I'm very much looking forward to it because it's right in my comfort wheelhouse, all those songs. Let, let's let's go back a second. Um, I think, this is a bold statement, I fucking love uh, Gene's uh, solo record. The Asshole Solo Record's fantastic. That's a great, eclectic record. You get a chance, put on some fresh ears. That is a dynamite record. I fucking love that album. You know what? I, 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 I would love if Gene actually did a solo album that sounded like Gene Simmons of Kiss. What would that be? Not Gene being his eclectic and trying new things. I mean, that's great. But somehow it's yeah, like, I, I know Gene. We are one to within, and I'm just using that off of the Psycho Circus record. And all mm -hmm. points in between, Mr. Make Believe. I mean, yeah. what does Gene Simmons sound like? Really? I mean... Obviously, I love We Are One and, and, that, and that, that song on Psycho Circus was to some extent even a shocker for a lot of fans. Like, what is yeah. this? True. True. Well, guys, the puck does drop in about a couple minutes here. So, uh, so, so, let, uh, so homework question. So I could see two. First of all, what do you think about what Motley Crue's doing? Mm -hmm. Just what's your thoughts on that? Um, and two, Paul Stanley Soul Station versus Peter Chris's 78 Soul Album. What are your thoughts on that comparison? Can you compare the two, the way Peter's solo album gets crapped on by so many fans? You know, is that right, wrong? You know, what are your feelings on that? You know where to go leave your answers, wherever we are. Leave your answers. Give us a little explanation, because um, I think this is a good topic where you can make your case. Yeah. Right. And maybe if you make your case, we'll get Tommy to read a comment, finally. Next week. Make it's, it funny, though. We'll get this new guy, Tommy Sump Stump Sumpters. And, and Sumpters. grammar counts. Grammar counts. <laughs> yeah um and uh let's see what else there was something oh um just another quick reminder make sure you're checking out all of our social networks because we're posting some incredible photos that tommy took from the asylum tour dude i can't kid you not every photo you're getting so much love people are thanks everybody have been paying attention so they absolutely love the quality of your photos. So um, well, we've got a bunch of those going up still. And Tommy's digging into his old archives and 
working with Kyle to get some of the old ones scanned in. You've got stuff from other shows that hopefully will be coming soon that we'll start sharing as well. Yep, we will. We'll share them all. Um, By the way, next week, I'm so excited. Are we going to announce the guest? Well, next next week is... Or we just want to keep it because that's exciting. Or is that too... Two, two, two weeks is the big guest. Next week, we go back to some more Creatures of the Night tour talk. Okay. All right. So that was rescheduled for next week. Then. Yeah. The, the, we, we had a guest this week. We had a guest next week and in two weeks. The next two shows are still fine. Next week is some Creatures of the Night tour talk with a band out of Minneapolis. And uh, the following week, it's a return guest. With a great what if. Yeah, it's a what if, what if about the it's, creatures. Hold on, it's, the what if is actually based on fact for part of it. Yeah, what what if what we read actually happened? Yes. Should be very fun times. Hey, so, Michael, real quick, I, w- I want to just really, I love what you're doing with Rock Candy Magazine. Um, I, I would love uh, for people to, that's a great magazine. Oh, Rock um, Candy is you know, we, we've, we've, we had, um, Howard from rock candy on a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are familiar with all of our love and praise for the classic era Kerrang magazine, rock candy magazine out of the UK are the original writers from Kerrang recreating essentially Kerrang every two months. And, you know, it's, you know, you're, they're not going to do articles on some new hard rock band that's coming out today. It's all stuff from the 70s, from the 80s, revisiting it. Um, it's not even so much talking about, oh, this band from the 70s has got a new album. It's w- talking about the album they released in the 70s, released in the 80s. Digging, They do such an incredible job at Rock Candy. It's... Yeah, that's I, a beautiful magazine. I mean, yeah nobody comes close to what they do. So, yeah. Thanks. Thank, thank, thanks for bringing that up, Mark. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well worth, it's well worth the investment. You can get a, you can get physical copies and you can also get PDF versions as well. Yeah. It's just, it's just so well done. And as somebody like I talk about all the time on the show who enjoys it, I know so many people out there enjoy that sort of reading as well. Get it, you know, get so. it, track it down. Um, so yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, follow us. And if you're on iTunes, subscribe and leave a review and a rating. It all means a lot to us. And uh, that's it. We'll see everybody next week. Next week. So you love the show. Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.